0: Viva Las Vegas! Welcome to another episode of the Roadmills Travel Pod. Normally I record it and post it from my home in Colorado, but for this week I decided to come down to Las Vegas for a couple days. Now I'm no high roller, I see a $25 minimum bet at the blackjack table, I keep on moving, but I like to bet on sports because, and I think early on, I underestimated how much more the game feels to me once I drop a five spot on it. A great example was actually on a, like a, the day before this pod is being recorded, when I put ten dollars on the Rangers beating the San Francisco Giants. Now the Rangers were at home, but the Giants were better. I didn't think much of it. It's like all right, well, home team, good odds, let's go. It's, uh, Let's be, a, let's be a Rangers fan for a day. They're down 2-0. I move on. <laughs> I just need something to watch. They lost. I kept the ticket just in case. And then they're going to the bottom of the ninth. Only down a run. And they come back. The fourth extra innings. And I was excited. I don't normally get excited for sports. Even though I love sports more than anything. I really cared about the Rangers that day. Because... If they win, I win. Normally, I'm not a Rangers fan. First place, last place, doesn't make a difference. I got Charlie Culberson, Brock Holt, I like those guys. Didn't care until that day. And I was glued. I was fidgety. I was excited. And if $5 or $10 is enough to enhance my viewing experience, then so be it. And I think that's my positioning on uh, sports gambling. And living in Colorado I'm able to do it online but Vegas I'm not that big on what I lose when it comes to gambling in Vegas because given the set amount of money I throw in there because when you're a kid you go to Disney World when you're adult you go to Vegas it's all part of fun but today I talked to one of my good friends in baseball Nick Lavello is the son of current Arizona Diamondbacks manager, Troy Lavello. And he spent most of his, almost his, the entire professional baseball career in the Boston Red Sox organization. He was one of the, the cast offs during the canceled 2020 season. And he emerges from baseball's new world order as a Marlins prospect. Only well, at this point, he's not really a prospect, but I'm calling everyone in my league baseball prospect. In regardless. But he's with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. That's right. A third Blue Wahoo today, in the podcast. So, we were talking a little bit, and then I basically compared him to the next John Birdie. He's a guy who can play any infield position. He's actually hitting better as a Marlon minor leaguer than he ever did as a Red Sox minor leaguer. And then he's also a talent. So, fits perfectly. Um, Twenty nineteen he played in triple A, double A and single A all in one year. Basically he was a homeless minor leader. Couch, it was a whole year of couch surfing and playing. So we talked we started off talking about that and where he's been throughout the throughout his career. What sleep is like where how do you sleep in a bus? Bus bus in locker rooms are very Key themes to talk. So I can't do a minor league podcast without talking to my good buddy. And I normally I say this is either the best or the worst episode. It's certainly my favorite. So here he is, Nikki Love. I could not do a podcast without without talking to you a little bit. I think um, you started in like uh, in Lowell, right? So slow. Double A's in Portland, you did Salem, and then you did Pawtucket. I think you did, like, th- three levels all at once, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I pretty much with the Red Sox from 2016 to 2019, I was in every
0: every level, every affiliate. Um, and then, yeah, some years I was in, like,
1: multiple places at at one time, so pretty... Pretty hectic with, you know, getting called up, getting sent down, having to be on a plane, you know, the next morning, pack up all your stuff, get on the road and go. And um, yeah, I pretty much have done every like every with the Red Sox, like every affiliate in every city, pretty much just about every way
0: you can. So that year, I think it was twenty nineteen, when you did like you did Salem, uh, Portland, and Pawtucket all at once. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like p- pick out like your roommate like? Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna couch surf with this guy with this guy and this team, and then I go to Podtaka. I'll do the same thing over there. Like setting up like uh, apartments. That's how that's gotta be out of the question. I imagine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I that 2019 was a crazy year, just total couch-surfing pretty much the entire year. Although, I will say this, in Portland, they provide us with host families, and so I had a, a pretty awesome host family um, who I'm still pretty very close with to this day. I've lived with them for a few years now, when I was in Portland, or when I was in Maine, so that was nice, knowing that I had a place to go whenever I was in Portland. That helped out tremendously. Um, but yeah, when I was in I was supposed to, let's see, I was supposed to start the season out of spring training. I wasn't supposed to go to Pawtucket to start. That's where I started. And then, like, literally two days before I broke camp, they told me, you're going to go to Pawtucket. And I had, like, whoever I was going to before, like, I already had it lined up. I already had everything set. And so then it's like, yeah, you're going to Pawtucket now. Like, good luck. Find, find everything. Figuring everything out. And I was like, shoot. Okay, um, and so I went to my two closest
0: friends on team, Mike Shorn and Josh Taylor, and I was like, "Hey
1: guys, I'm really in a bind right now. Like, anyway, I could like just crash with you guys? Like, I don't know how long I'm gonna be here for. I don't know what the deal is, but like, I just need a place to stay. And um, they were super cool. Uh, they had a two bedroom place um, with like a living room, and they're like, "Yeah, man. Like, go ahead, take a living room." Do whatever you need there, like just whatever you need, just let us know. And so got there, got the potato, just went to went to Walmart, got a hair mattress, got sheets, got, you know, towels, got all the essentials, and then um, ended up staying there. Ended up working out. And then it was funny too because about halfway through the season my buddy Josh Tobias got called up and so same situation with him. And so, he ended up staying in the living room with me too. Like we were, we were sleeping like five feet from each other on the uh, separate air mattresses in the li- in their living room. Um, so yeah, they went from having two guys in a two bedroom place to four guys in a two bedroom place, but they were great about it. They really really helped
0: us out. So for one one level, you had like a, I'm sure you had like a nice bed with like a host family, and then mm-hmm. the other two levels, air mattress.
1: Exactly, exactly, and then yeah, I think once I got down to Salem, I had a few friends down there, um, who were like, yeah man, he needs space, like, we got, we got room, and I think that was five guys for a three-bedroom place, or four guys for a three-bedroom place, um, in Salem, which was high, and so, yeah, I kinda, you know, everyone within my league baseball kinda gets it, like, They've all been in a situation where they're looking for a place to stay. They they're in a tough spot. Somebody leaves. You know, got to fill their room to help pay for rent. It's like very, very universal. Like I think, and um, so everyone like once you're once you see someone come in who needs help, like you're very apt to help them out. So, um, yeah, room or air mattress or whatever it is. Like, well, cool, you find a way.
0: Did a. Uh... Does sleep affect maybe a perform- your performance? Because I imagine, like, uh, stat-wise, it looked like stats were pretty much the the same across the board, regardless of the level, but, like, I imagine mm-hmm. you would could be better coming out of, like, a normal bed than sleeping in an air mattress.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I feel like there's definitely some correlation between rest and your performance. Um, and taking care of your body, I always try and make the most of that. Um, so yeah, like I, I try to get nicer mattresses. You know, like I didn't try and get like the cheap, cheaper ones. Try to get the decent ones. And I mean, I, fortunately for me, like I can sleep when I'm when I sleep, like I'm out. So, like I always get a good night's rest wherever I'm at. Um, I know it's not like, not like that with a lot of guys. But, you know, I've become used to, like, sleeping in, sleeping in on buses and sleeping on airplanes. My body's gotten, over the years, it's gotten pretty good at just
0: making the most of when it's time to rest. All right, that's a skill that I envy because I can barely fall asleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a long time for me to, like, fall asleep. Especially because I feel like I'm not, I've been nocturnal for, like, the last 12 years.
1: You fall, you know, fall asleep with... But- TV on or anything, or you just try and go,
0: um, um, I'll no put, noise? I'll try to put a podcast, no, if I, if I do no, no noise, my body will find noise. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, yeah, do, you got get a little white noise in there then.
0: Yeah, like a podcast or something.
1: Yeah, um, when I'm at home with my girlfriend, we listen to, um, it's called
0: box fan sounds. Just literally like, you know, like, the fan
1: it's like a box fan that goes in your window.
0: Oh, the, the, like those like old timey apartments.
1: Yeah, and it's just like plays that sounds like a fan, and then like you're good, you know. We we have a dog too, so and he hears everything, so it helps him with uh, helps him
0: not picking up any noises or at least. Everyone's so funny. The last cool. time I lived in New England, I lived in uh, with my aunt in Saugus. And she had like this like big English Mastiff, and I've had the dog sleep like sleep in my room, and the door would be closed. So like every every day at seven in the morning, the dog would wake up and start barking. Is <laughs> like All right, get out my get out of the room, go. I forget what the, the more routine was, but like that was the, that was my way of waking up in the morning. And the funny thing is, I had absolutely no reason to wake up in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> was it the same time every like clockwork, like seven o'clock? He start barking. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Funny, Just get up, start barking. Like okay, fine, I'll let you out, and then I'll watch Mark and Rose will be Network. <laughs> be Network, there you go. That's yeah, one of the perks of my new apartment too. I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, there you go. So very nice. So how was? When you go on the when you're on a bus, um, are you a are you one of the guys who just like sleep on the in the seat? You have to go on the floor. They put you in the overhead like uh, storage area. I've heard a lot. I've seen like almost. I've heard a lot and I've seen a lot of those. It's always like fascinating me.
1: Yeah, the overhead compartment area. I don't know how many guys do that. That's like really tight quarters up there. Um, I've never seen it done. In person, but I've seen some videos of it, and yeah, that's impressive that they can actually see up there. Um, it depends on the bus; like, it depends on if you have one bus or two buses. Or now, due to COVID, we have three buses, which is actually super nice because everyone gets like their own. No one's within like two rows of you. You know, mm-hmm. like you can just spread out, do whatever you want to do. It's great. The times where it's a grind and when it stinks is when you have one bus and everyone has to pile into the same bus and when that was the case like if i didn't have my own um if i didn't have my own row um i would i got this move from kind of play with the red sox josh Alchemy. he would bring a yoga mat or just like one of the mats you know from the training from the trainer the strength training, training, training room um and he would just put it in the aisle and just sleep on that and so I end up doing that for a while, and on like the really long bus trips when I didn't have my own room. And you know, you occasionally someone's walking over, they uh, gotta walk over you, and like will kick you or something, and wake you up, or you hit a huge bump or something, um, and you wake up that way. But um, that seemed to, that worked for me pretty well, and then. Once you get to, like, the higher levels, I think once you're in Double A, you usually have two buses, and when that's the case, you're allowed to spread, you got more room you can spread out, and then throw trips. I mean, I mean you, once you once you get your own room and your space, like, road trips aren't that bad. The bus rides aren't that
0: bad. I mean, once you sleep overhead or on the floor, you're basically equipment at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could look good that way.
0: It's like vacuum, like the Nicky 5000, you just press a button, he plays a shortstop, Press the button again. <laughs> they just put them in the storage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I still, I still don't think that I would ever go up in the overhead compartment, though. I don't even know if I'd fit. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be pretty small by the looks
0: of it. Ah, I, I actually made probably because I I saw one video of it and I was like, how's that even possible?
1: Or some people have the hammocks, right? You've seen the the guys with the hammocks, like across the aisle, like hanging,
0: like that's pretty impressive too. I've seen that too. I just find it funny that like all the photos and videos, because I I have like uh, every now that'll go on mildly grinders and like see that stuff and like I just don't I can only imagine what would happen if like the cops just like somehow just pulled over the bus and then opened the back door and just see like. I don't know 25 or 30 like half naked dudes just like sprawling out it's like what is it a smuggling ring or something what is this oh no we're just taking the minor league baseball team back home <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just your typical high A baseball team
0: <laughs> so what well speaking of high A so like what was the, what's the difference between the lifestyle in, in like say Salem compared to mm-hmm. Pawtucket with the play?
1: So I mean, for one, <clears throat> the like lower levels of minor leagues usually aren't in that big of cities. Um, I I played in the Carolina League, which is a bunch of like small cities from North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland. Um, you know, kind of areas, parts of the country that I don't think I would ever go to if it wasn't for baseball. You know um and so that was like it was a cool experience getting to play in you know part of the country like that but um with AAA, it's like you're in pretty major cities um so there's more to do there's more you know stadiums are bigger playing in front of a lot more fans um guys on your team, a lot of them have been to the big leagues, so they know what it's all about, Um, you know, it's just like older, more experienced, experienced group, Um, and yeah, I mean, I've played in the big leagues, but I'd have to assume that that's, you know, as close to the big league, big league lifestyle as you're going to get when you're
0: in triple A. Well, the Red Sox is interesting because like when you start with them, you're like within like a quick drive to Boston, and then when you're in Pawtucket, you're also a quick drive from Boston. Like Lowell, like a rookie, I think it was like, I think it's rookie league or short season single A. Uh, mm-hmm. Lowell was like right there. And then Pawtucket is like, I think equal distance. So it was like, you're like, you start and end essentially within like arm's reach of Fenway Park. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: cool. And then in between, you got to go down to South Carolina and then Virginia, you know, you start up there and then you disappear for a little bit and then, yeah. You- you end up coming back
0: up. Portland's one of my uh, favorite so. spots because I was I I enjoyed Portland. It was like a fun little like uh, party lifestyle there. Also, it's the first like, place I've ever been to where the game was rained out during a sunny day.
1: Yeah, remember that?
0: Yeah, like
1: it was uh, like it was clear as day, but our field the field was like it got pounded a few days before. It was like. I don't think um, people could like the fans could see because the fans were everyone was there right everyone's ready for the game.
0: Oh, like, right. like it's a beautiful, beautiful day. day for a ball game. I'm sorry, we've been rained out. Like what?
1: Yeah, exactly. No, the field was like quicksand. Like you were like step on it or run or something like it was definitely a safety hazard. Um, but yeah,
0: we felt bad for the fans. Yeah, you know, it was so, like oh, a
1: beautiful Sunday afternoon. And no, then no, they're like, nope, no baseball. Yeah, I guess
0: we're going to the bars instead. <laughs> they have like little we'll cobble. Most of had like a good portion of the bars were like right right by that cobble road. With like, You're being judged by, by the bouncers out there, and you can't not look like you're drunk walking on that cobble road, anyways. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, was it? Old Port? that it what it was called? Old Port. I was like, yeah. nah, I'm not drunk yet. I just can't walk straight <sighs> in this thing. Exactly. Exactly. I do That's remember... Tough. This got funny, because I think the day that that game was rained out, you were playing. You were supposed to play Hartford, Double mm-hmm. A affiliate of the Rockies, and I think most of those guys now are actually on the Rockies, so, yeah. I, so I got to see them, and I don't know <sighs> if I told you this before, but it's funny to say it now, uh, that was, I think, the year after I became a viral sensation for taking a first pitch to the Scots.
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: and th- they know they realized that and started uh-huh. buying me drinks
1: <laughs> oh man that's great because
0: everyone, everyone goes to the bars like they, right after
1: oh that's good they recognize it
0: so apparently they paid, they paid their respect apparently that's the thing like everyone just like hits the bars and then plays hungover and the show and go games
1: has that happened to you elsewhere like have people realize that that's you yeah. Other times, or is that like how many times does
0: that happen? Uh, actually, the funniest example is because sometimes I'll just bring it up as like because I think it's a funny thing story to tell. Mm-hmm. And what the funniest example is when I moved to Miami and I started like becoming a, a photographer and shooting the Marlins games there. Paul Severino used to be in Major League uh, MLB Network, and then he got a play-by-play gig in Miami. So I used to see him a lot at the, in the press box. And he actually asked me if I was that guy. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, well, sh- shit, what gave it away?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know it at first.
0: I I haven't like, worn that I pink, pink you... polo you... since. What's
1: that?
0: I haven't wor- worn that shirt since. I've, I've retired it. Oh,
1: yeah, you should hang it up. Yeah, they get Do who has that ball? Do you have the ball or is it the ball.
0: I have no idea who has a ball. I I'm f-
1: sure he has it, but you should like. I should
0: just dove on it, right? Just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You guys got to do like a reunion, like a five year reunion or something, because it's probably coming up soon,
0: huh? That might be more uh, feasible now because that kid goes to Arizona State. Oh,
1: man. so did is he it... play baseball there?
0: No. Or
1: just no? I just didn't.
0: I think he went. To, he went to Emerson right after high school. And now he's at Arizona State for journalism. Gotcha. So the the kid who who made me like a internet like hit because of that is in the rival school. I went to the University of Arizona. He's going to Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Funny
1: how that works out. Small world, right? I mean, this is the baseball world. It's a small world. Yeah,
0: it yeah. really
1: is. Every sense.
0: I talked. I'll, if he ever had the podcast, I'll definitely hop on any time. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you guys should. But God, I was funny that way because like, <laughs> I don't know, if I if I ever go to a, a game like that, because right, I haven't done any media there yet. But if I ever did, I wonder if they'll will remember me. Because I think like, I think Fuentes. Have, I still I remember seeing Fuentes and Dom Nunez and Brandon Rogers there. At some point.
1: Yeah, they're playing some um, Hilliard, Hampson.
0: Oh, Hansel was on the team?
1: Couple, yeah, hamsters on the team, a couple
0: of their pitchers. Like, I remember playing against all those guys. Yeah, it was mobile. You played with uh, a lot of guys in Pawtucket, too, right? I think uh, Mike Chavis was – Bobby Dahlbeck and Mike Chavis were in Pawtucket the same way you were, right?
1: Um, Chavis, yeah, we all were there at the same time, but I didn't play in Pawtucket with Bob. He was there – I think I was in double-A when he was up in triple-A, but, um – yeah, I played with Javis. I played with him pretty much every year from to 2016
0: to 2019. Um, yeah, a lot of big reviews on that team, too. Yeah, What's, I remember hearing some funny stories from them that I'm like 50-50 on whether I should I should tell the story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it depends on what uh, kind of podcast you're trying
0: to run. Oh. Or, a funny one of good stories, which reminds me, I don't know if I asked this before, but what's the craziest thing you've seen as a minor league baseball player?
1: The craziest thing I've seen as a minor league baseball player? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think it was in Wilmington, Delaware. Wilmington, Blue Rocks, Ohio. And it was called the something monkey rodeo and I, th- I think i forget what it was but basically it was like uh in between innings the promotion was they had um a bunch of animals live animals running on the field which this is before the like pitch clock era you know when it was timed in between innings um And basically, there were... They just let a bunch of goats out in the field. In the outfield. In, like, the top of the third inning. Whatever. And they had dogs with live monkeys running around and, like, corralling them. And, like, bringing them... Bringing them back to, like, wherever they let them out. The gate. And it was honestly the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Like... Actual monkeys riding on actual
0: dogs. Yeah, that's gonna be that's an interesting idea, concept. Like you're playing baseball, you're trying, especially when you're trying to like play well enough to advance to like the next level. And there's like there's a whole lot of shenanigans that are going on like in between innings. Cause, like I remember like, if you were playing like around in New Hampshire, they had like a fake sumo fight <laughs> like break out like on the field. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was a good one too assume if that's a good one and this is a good one too in pensacola i guess instead of when you throw out the first pitch whoever's throwing out the first pitch has the option of throwing out either a baseball or instead of the first pitch you could have the first fish and you literally they give you a dead i think it's a mullet fish and real fish and you can throw that to home plate instead and the guy the mascot catches it with a net
0: have you ever caught a first pitch?
1: I haven't, and I don't think I would want to.
0: A whole lot of pressure. First, first, pitch, first pitch or the first
1: fish? First pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, used to, I used to catch first pitch all the time. Because games, when, you know, they need a guy to catch first pitch. You're not playing that day. Like, you know, sometimes you got to go do it. So I do that. Um, Pawtucket, they'd actually give you, like, a Dunkin' Donuts gift card for, like, or
0: 20 bucks or whatever for catching the first pitch. 10, 20, so bucks like, at, uh, 20 bucks at Dunkin' Donuts goes a long way.
1: Yeah, I was like, heck yeah, dude, I'll do
0: that. That's just... Breakfast. That's like what, 10 sandwiches? But, yeah, that's a lot of breakfast. So yeah, I caught a bunch of first pitches. The first fish, I don't think I ever... I don't think I would ever want to do that. What's the worst uh, locker room we have been in?
1: worst locker room i've been in
0: <clears throat> assuming all these are as the visitor team yeah, yeah yeah um the
1: houston astros had an affiliate um they moved wherever they were in high a they moved to fayetteville and they built a brand new stadium in fayetteville i think that was open in 2019
0: yeah I remember that thing. and so for for 2017 and 2018 though they needed a place to play so they
1: played at Campbell University in Boy's Creek North Carolina and um that was probably the worst locker room I ever played in because it was so small it was literally I mean we had 25 guys and I don't I, I can't even describe how small it was um it was like one of those big, like, container, big metal container things, you know, that like cargo ships have on them. That's, that's what they like transport. It was like, it was like one of those things for
0: 25 guys. That's great, because Campbell's a team in university. Their their baseball team was just like a, a game away from going to the Super <laughs> this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, great, great field. Like, it was all-turf field. Like, it was nice. So nice but like just the visiting locker room I'm sure their home clubhouse is not a lot nicer but their visiting clubhouse if that's what they were using it was just so small
0: the right. like guys I've, I've seen uh, videos of like a weight room having to be used in the showers of a visiting locker room or I think one guest told me they saw like a black widow spider Jeez,
1: yeah I wouldn't put it past him um a lot of the stadiums, though, in the realignment, that's what they, those are a bunch of the one, stadium, or facilities that
0: they um, removed from you know, the Philly to league baseball. Yeah, the new the, uh, baseball's new world order. No more leagues, just divisions. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pensacola and Jacksonville are now the top two levels of the Miami Marlins and are separated by a time zone.
1: I know, right? That's crazy.
0: That's the one thing I learned yeah, about doing this podcast is that you could be in Florida and be either Central Time Zone or Eastern Time Zone.
1: Yeah, it's wild. I, I didn't know how west westward uh, yeah. Pensacola was, you know?
0: I need like, to find out that, where the... Where from we're California. You
1: could drive, get in the car and drive to California and be in, be, there in a, be home in a day. At
0: least, at least in California you could, you're still in the same time zone. I now need to find a place in Florida... Where if I cross the street, I'm in the Eastern time zone. Really? There's got to be a spot, right? Because basically Florida is, is based on now, I'm assuming now is based on what southern state that you're under. Like if you're under Georgia, you're in Eastern time. If you're under Alabama, you're in the Central time. Which yeah. Which is the case yeah, for exactly. Jacksonville, Pensacola. Be, so where do gotta I be complicated. where do I go where I can like be right in that, that border
1: Yeah, Tennessee, too. We're in Chattanooga right now, and they're on the Eastern time zone. And I think, like, if you go half an hour west from here, you'll be back in the Central time zone. I guess I was talking to Hawk about this, and he was saying, like, if you're on that line, whenever you, like, try and plan something, you got to say, like, be there at 3 Eastern. Like, we'll be there at noon Eastern. Yeah, you know, so like you gotta figure out where the line is, and then like depending on what side you're on, like that's what either you gotta go an hour forward or an hour plan an hour ahead or behind. You know,
0: there's someone out there just like who's just waiting for like a, a full hour. It's like, what gives? I thought we were doing a three, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? They should just why don't they should just make it on the state lines? You know, that'd make it so much easier.
0: That's what I thought. So I it's, don't know. Who who did I talk to about that? Do it like Arizona. I'll, we'll, we don't do daylight savings. We just switch time zones.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Which I was. That's great. That's the time like that? you Especially, like... Actually, I don't know if I can be a sports uh, page designer and then do it that way. It was like, wait, we're in mountain time zone now? <laughs> mm-hmm. that, does that mean the deadline goes back an hour or two? <laughs> now, how the. I haven't asked, like, most players this before. I asked college players this in my last job, but, like, that layoff period were like, the, basically the longest off season. Yeah. what did you do to prepare to, I guess, not only find a new team but, like, prepare yourself to play for the next season because you were, like, in between – you went from being, like, a homeless minor leaguer within a system to now being without a system – and now back in back into your team, I think stat wise you're playing better now than you ever did. Yeah, the longest off season. That's a that's a great way to um to put it.
1: What was it in Game of Thrones, like the long The longest the, winter? The long the longest winter, yeah. That's what it was, the longest off season. Um, it was actually in all honesty it was actually kinda nice. Um I got a I got a summer. You know, like I got a free summer for the first time in since I was in eighth grade. You know, I was able to go to the beach. I was able to hang out with my friends. I was able to hang out with my family, um, hang out with my girlfriend, and spend a lot, get to spend a lot of time with her, and go on little trips. You know, like that, if baseball was a real thing and happening, like would have never been able to do. You know, like, I got to go, I got to have a Fourth of July party with, at my, my uncle's house, you know, on the, on the beach in Carlsbad. Like, that's not something that I would, I wouldn't have able to have done and probably won't be able to do, you know, in the normal, normal baseball season. So, I will say that it was, it was kind of nice in a way. Um, aside from the whole, like, not knowing what's going to happen and not, not having a job, not knowing what's going to happen since, um, but, um, I kind of just took that time off, and then once, like, September, October rolled around, um, just got back in, tried to act like it was a normal off season. you know? Tried to get on the same strength program, tried to get on the strength, same, um, hitting program, throwing program, tried to keep it as normal as possible, like, as it had been in years past, when I had played a full season, um... And so, yeah, that's what I did. I just tried to stay, like, as in shape as I could and kept looking for jobs, kept looking for opportunities, and nothing came up. Um, I was going to happen to go play indie ball, Um, so I was going to go to Puerto Rico at first um, to to play indie ball there. That ended up not working out. I was going to go play in the Atlantic League for the Lexington Legends, um, which I was really stoked about doing, and that season wasn't going to start until the end of May. And so, like, um, January rolls around February, March, April, like, I'm, you know, ramping up my workouts, getting in full full go baseball mode, you know? Um, Just trying to do everything I could to be ready for and what an opportunity arose. And then, like, literally right before I was – a week before I was getting ready to, get to leave to go to Lexington, I um, got a call from guys at the Marlins. They're like, hey, like, are you interested in playing? And I'm like, heck yeah, like, I'm ready. Like, guess I've been training, I've been ready. Like, let's go, let's do this thing. And then – um. That was like on on a Tuesday night we had like a verbal agreement that, you know, I was gonna sign with them. Wednesday morning I heard from, you know, a representative from the Marlins and then he's like, Okay, how soon can you be out here? And I was like, Whenever, you know, however soon you need me. Like let's make it happen. He's like, Okay, can you take your can you take a red eye tonight? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And so like span of twenty four hours I went from you know, still unemployed, not having a job to sign
0: in with the Marlins. I wonder what it takes them so long to, long to find you. This is just like, there's no offseason. There's not like they're watching like spring training. It's like, um, how about remember Tori Lovello? How about his kid? Is he still playing summer? Yeah, let's go grab him. <laughs> let's see if he's doing anything. Um,
1: yeah, it's funny how it's funny because I mean, everyone <clears throat> in like last year, last. May or whatever last summer, just a teams had to cut down on guys, made a ton of releases, and then I think this spring training they made releases too, because they had to get to like a certain number, um, due to the new like realignment, COVID protocols, and everything. They had to be, you know, you don't only carry a certain amount of guys. That was different from years
0: past. They got four Phillies. And then, and
1: then. Once the season start happening and like injuries happen, COVID stuff happen, They're like, "Oh shoot! Like, we need more. We need more guys. You know, like, we're, we're we're like, what do we do?" And so, like guys like me, and I've been seeing a bunch of other indie independent ball guys that have been getting signed. Um, you know, to come in and because they have gaps, you know, come in fill the role. and It's great. It's a great opportunity. Um. So,
0: yeah, I'm just trying to run with it and make the most of it. Yeah, because I think, uh, at least with, like, the Marlins, shortstop's a really good position to to advance in. I mean, it kind of looks like it's, like, backlogged because you have, like, Isan Diaz and Jazz Chisholm fighting over the second base, and Miguel Rojas is going to be there forever, seemingly. Mm-hmm. But you can, only, but I think there's room to be, like, that John Birdie guy who can just, like, come up and play in any, any position. Mm-hmm. And AAA is not that far away, so I feel like you picked a good system to be in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um when I got here everyone was like talking about how loaded our outfield prospects are. Like I guess and I can see now we have some have some studs in the outfield. Um and you know, we have great infielders here too. Like I've been around them in Triple A for a few days and I know if great infields in the big leagues and you're here in double A. Um, so don't get me wrong, but yeah, I don't think we have like that one like Wander Franco type prospect or it, it, that's an infielder here. So yeah, um, yeah there's, there's definitely room to play and an opportunity. And yeah, that's what I was talking to our, one of our analytics guys when he was in town. And one of the guys that he compared me to was John Birdie. Um, just like the way that my, my, my numbers and the way that I've been playing throughout my career. and He's like, yeah. Look at a guy like John Burry, Like, he has the same numbers. Look how su- successful, key part of a major league team. So,
0: I was gonna, I was just about to say, every ma- successful major league team needs an Italian utility guy, but i are not gonna <laughs> say because he's cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be like a Daniel Descalzo type of guy, yeah. or who else?
0: like, who else hey, oh, you know, um. Well, Tony the outfielder, but uh, This going to be no... Nick Nick Punto. Oh yeah. Nick Punto's Something. one too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point remember, I used to like put uh a video games to put together like an all Italian team like ten years like back in like the oh six, like oh seven days. That's funny. and like it was like uh, it was Bisgi it was like Biggio, Delucci, and a bunch of utility guys. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I think uh, Calonado kind of counts. Well, he did. He, yeah, he's an outfielder and uh, infielder. These are all Tony Tony Graffinino. Yeah, that's another Richard really valuable point. Uh huh. That's funny. I've never thought of that, but so we need yeah, to bring back the Italian utility guy. He can't just be bird, be Birdie. Uh, exactly. There you go. I'll bring him back. I was like, I remember like 2019. They had like a, a national. Like they had like the. A, Country theme night, and one time they had an Italian day. They're like, oh, great. Finally, day for us. Uh, who do we have? <laughs> Birdie, that's it?
1: <laughs> that's
0: funny. <laughs> that's cool pretty, pretty stud, like a star studded team. You got J, our big prospect, JJ Boday. and then you have like a, another outfielder with bigger buys than JJ Bode, and then a f- few other pitchers like mixed around there.
1: Our team's stacked. Our team's loaded. I was just saying to someone the other day, like, this is the best team I've ever played on. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's great, you know, being around, like, these guys of that talent, their caliber, but it's even cooler, like, just getting to know them as people, um, getting to see what they're like off the field. And, you know, it's always great when you see a big name, big prospect guy, and, you they're just as good as a human being as they are a baseball player you know and that's what the Marlins got that's what we have here we have a bunch of good guys and a bunch of dudes who make it fun going to the field going to the stadium every day and guys you know you like lacing up with and competing and going to battle with every night
0: so what is a good um, uh, team bonding thing you guys do in Pensacola
1: well due to COVID we can't do much um
0: can you not do much? I mean, it's Florida. It's Florida, and, like, I imagine you guys uh, yeah. are vaccinated by now.
1: We are. A lot of us are vaccinated. We're not at the threshold yet. Um, so we still have a bunch of protocols and a bunch of rules we have to follow. So, yeah, team bonding, I haven't seen. We haven't done anything like that yet. Um, but who knows? Hopefully coming up soon once – you know, if people get vaccinated. We'll be able
0: to hang out a little more. See, this also is feels. another reason why baseball needs more Italian utility yeah. infielders. Like at least one, at least one of us has like really good uh, cooking done from like a parent or something. <laughs> They're like you want you want to come to to Lavelle household and, and get like a mama's famous like lasagna. Get vaccinated. Come on over. Get the staffers. Come on
1: you yes. <laughs>